T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Tommy, do you ever just sit there and wonder why we waste our time with social media like it can be so much fun and it can be so stupid the balance to the latter is far heavier to me as we go on sometimes and and it's just like the reaction to it like social media can be such a great thing right like it it allows people to communicate and you know businesses to reach a lot of people like all those things are great and then you get people mad that Travis Kelsey went to a KU game and congratulated KU and, as a slight to K-State. Like, come on now. Who cares? One, who cares if he is a KU fan? Uh, two, dude's having a great time. He went to a basketball game. One team won. He said, what's up? Went and had some fun with the fans after the game. Went home. He's, I promise you, far more concerned with preparing for a Super Bowl. Anyway, uh, if you're so inclined, you can join in on that hot debate. Among whomever <laughs> there, on social I love media. it. I I mean uh, I don't I don't ever. Well, yeah, sit I love back seeing him at the game. Well, no, but I'm saying like I don't ever sit back and think, man, I'm wasting my time on on social media. No, I have fun, yeah. like, and I I will admit, and I'm I'm honest enough to realize and recognize that occasionally I like to troll people. Um, occasionally, I like to be a little bit more brash than I think I typically would be, like if I was face to face with somebody. Uh, some of that came out last night in the Sunflower Showdown. Uh, they came out the last time in the Sunflower Showdown. Um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm fine with it because it's entertainment. And more than anything else, I am an entertainer. What I'm going to bring out a phrase, and I mean this with no offense. It just reminded me when you said entertainment. I have one of my good friends back home. Uh, whenever these things would happen and we would find ourselves consumed with them, he would say, doesn't take a lot to entertain the ignorant. And sometimes oh. uh, I, I feel like social media is that way. Like, why do we allow ourselves, right? Like, it's not – doesn't take a lot. Like, it's uh, – whatever. I, that I love it. It doesn't cost phrase. me anything. It's a lot cheaper than having to go cost to a movie. Costs you your time. Or... Costs well, you your time insanity. I got nothing else going on. Come on. Brain cells. I'll kill my brain cells in different ways. Thank you. Uh, all right. Sean Payton. Speaking of killing brain cells. 
Sean Payton to the Broncos. And we've talked about this. I, it sure sounds like they wanted D'Amico Ryans, and he didn't want them. He went to the Texans, which makes a lot of sense. The Texans, you know, I, I think finally it's time, if you're a Texans fan, to be optimistic again. Uh, but Sean Payton, then, it, whether he was the first choice or not, the, the Broncos pay a heavy price. We know they'll pay a lot of money, which who cares, right? That's not our money. But on the field, it does matter. And CBS Sports did a nice job of basically packaging this up. So for Denver now, to get the services of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, they've traded three first-round picks, three second-round picks, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. They also got a fourth and a third-round pick back in that deal. That's that's that is not a Super Bowl winning formula. Now, I, I suppose the piece of this, and maybe this is maybe Sean Payton watches film and thinks he can get Russell Wilson back closer to what he was before this. If Russell Wilson gets back to, you know, I, I don't think anybody on the planet thinks he's going to get back to like MVP candidate Russell Wilson. But if he can get back to where he's a pretty good player, right? Maybe. But even then, that is a lot of draft capital to give up. If you think in this league now where the ticket to a Super Bowl seems to be, right, young quarterbacks, inexpensive quarterbacks, and then a really talented roster around them, Denver's doing the opposite. They've got a really expensive quarterback and no draft capital to put around him. Granted, they had a talented roster otherwise coming in. They had some injury issues last year. But this didn't make sense to me from Denver's perspective. And I don't think it makes sense to me either from Sean Payton's perspective because this it doesn't work. I don't think he's going to have a suitor after this one. This is absolutely baffling. Uh, I don't understand this whatsoever. I was fully on board with the thought of him going back to TV for a year, sitting right. out another season, and then there would be a team that would probably fit him a little bit better next year, the Cowboys or the Chargers or something like that. Uh, and for him to, and I know it's a lot of money, and he, he probably wants the payday. So I get that part of it, but the fit doesn't make any sense at all, especially if you believe the reports that the Broncos weren't even going after Sean Payton as their first choice. Remember, there was a ton of reporting, I think a week ago, that the Broncos were trying hard to get Jim Harbaugh, and Jim Harbaugh turned them down and said he was going to stay at Michigan. And then they moved on to D'Amico Ryans, and Ryans ended up going to Houston. And then for a guy that allegedly wasn't even their first choice, they're going to pay him $25 million, more than likely, and trading away two high draft picks to get him, and he's not even their first choice, allegedly? Like, it's, just, it's, it's baffling to me. Um, I don't think that this is going to work out well, because I think you're going to see a power struggle between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. And on top of that, you would think by now other teams in the AFC would understand that emptying out the piggy bank to try to compete against the Chiefs doesn't work because they've tried it before. They brought in Russell Wilson in Denver. Devontae Adams went to Vegas. The Chargers spent a bunch of money on defensive players. It doesn't work to unload the piggy bank to try to beat Kansas City. There should be another way to do it, and I really think that that way to do it, if you're Denver, 
is to build a team through the draft and to have really talented young guys coming in to rebuild that franchise up, not spending a ton of money on Russell Wilson and Sean Payton and trading away your future to try to, you know, I don't know, grasp at straws to make this thing work. I I don't want to say there's no chance this works because I don't believe that. What I don't know about Sean Payton is, you know, and, and this is not a fault of Sean Payton. And I do think Sean Payton's a really good coach. I also, though, know that it was one of those perfect marriages with Drew Brees kinds of situations. And we didn't see a lot without Drew Brees. We saw some, and I do think the Saints overperformed in the years after Drew Brees was there when Sean Payton was there. Was it one or two years, whatever it was? But, and, and, and I'll say this too, like, uh, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are, are different. But Sean Payton was the coach that, you know, got the best of a vertically challenged quarterback, at least. So there is that connection. Um, I I definitely don't think that Denver's best, you know, case scenario is to have a quick pass attack with Russell Wilson throwing it 55 times a game like we saw with Drew Brees. But I do think we have a coach that knows how to get the best out of a quarterback. So that gives you some degree of, you know, comfort if you're Denver and you know you're tied to Russell Wilson. And again, I do think this is a talented roster around Russell Wilson still. So, I mean, I, I, what is the end game here for this ownership group? Like, if you think that Sean Payton will come in and win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, that seems out of the question. If you are satisfied with competing for a playoff spot for a few years while you navigate the Russell Wilson situation and the draft capital that you've had to give up now twice— Okay, but if I'm Sean Payton, I have to know that going into taking this job. Like, guys, I think I can get it done with this group, right? But I didn't trade for Russell Wilson, and I've got to have the security that if if he doesn't have it and we can't get it out of him, you got to give me the appropriate amount of time to fix that because that's a problem, right? That's a problem for us. Let's get to Chris on the line, 869-1240 here on Sports Daily. Chris, what's my, what's on your mind? Hey, morning, guys. Yeah, uh, I just got in on your conversation regarding Peyton in uh, Denver. Uh, and while I didn't, uh, don't necessarily, I, 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 what I do disagree, I don't disagree with the fact that maybe it's not the greatest fit. I do disagree completely with your premise that I think you mentioned that he's not going to have any more suitors. I don't understand why you would think that. If if this doesn't work out in Denver, not if he didn't take the Denver job. Let's say, Chris, he comes into Denver. It's a disaster because Russell Wilson can't get it done and they just can't win any games. And he wins, you know, whatever it is, five, six, seven games for two or three years. I don't think after that, if Denver made another change, that Sean Payton would have a line of teams lining up to go get him again. So you think that would taint his uh, cachet, as it were, even even, even even if it is? Yes, because what will happen at that point, Chris, is they'll tie Sean Payton to Drew Brees. You'll go back now and people will start to say, well, it was Drew Brees. It wasn't Sean Payton for all those years in in New Orleans. Well, the thing is, you only have two instances to compare. Uh, You know, I I would say it would be more of a comparison or they would have a little bit more uh, uh, leeway to say that if he went somewhere else and then it happened again. But if you have a... Obviously, he, he, he had very good success with Breeze in New Orleans. And so you put that, let's just say your scenario is correct. It, it, it's a good success and then a bad success. 
I don't. I, yeah, I, I think it would probably not help very much at all. I would still disagree a little bit that he would not have any more suitors if it failed here. But um, that's an, that's an interesting, uh, interesting ar- argument. Thanks, guys. Well, because the other the other part of that, Chris, too, is a lot of times guys go back and like coach in college or become a coordinator for a couple of years and then and then they cycle back through at this point. It's also there's a piece of it like I don't I don't think Sean Payton's doing that. Like if this doesn't work, I don't see Sean Payton going to be somebody's offensive coordinator, right? I I, I just don't think that. I think at that point he would sail off into the sunset. Whatever the job was going to be that he took here, feels like it's going to be the spot. Like he's picking his spot for this to be the spot, right, for the rest of his career. I I think that you can draw some parallels, and, and I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting that. These two guys are similar as far as their coaching is concerned, but I think you can draw some parallels between Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy. Uh, I think Sean Payton is a better coach than Mike McCarthy, but yeah. there is there is this argument about Mike McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy without Aaron Rodgers and what that looks like. And I think that the same could be said if this does not go well in Denver, where you've yeah. got... Sean Payton with Drew Brees and Sean Payton without Drew Brees. And, you know, I think that it's it's pretty apparent that for Mike McCarthy, it's a clear step down going from Aaron Rodgers to Dak Prescott. And right now, with the way that Russell Wilson has been playing, it's a clear step down from coaching with Drew Brees to coaching with this version of Russell Wilson. I, I think that's fair. Um, I, I think that's absolutely fair. Now, I'm with you. I think Sean Payton's a better coach than Mike McCarthy. I thought that before all of this played out, right? Before Mike McCarthy took the Cowboys job. And I didn't hate the Cowboys hiring Mike McCarthy, by the way, because you had to see it, right? You had to see it when when they hired Mike McCarthy that, you know, is it Aaron Rodgers? Well, let's find out, right? We've got a guy who's had a tremendous amount of success. So I, I don't know. And, and look, Mike McCarthy's won what? Like 12 and 11 games, 13 and 12 games, whatever it is. Denver would love for that to happen, but, and, and really the roster isn't all that different either. Dallas, when Mike McCarthy was hired, right? Dallas had a really talented roster. Denver has a really talented roster. It becomes what can you get out of Russell Wilson? And I think what will be very curious is what Denver can do behind Russell Wilson and how much lateral movement does how much ability, I should say, does Sean Payton have to pull the plug on that? So let's say they go get a really good backup quarterback, a seasoned, you know, like Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, one of these guys who's had a lot of experience in the NFL, has won games in the NFL. Think like Ryan's Fit- Ryan Fitzpatrick back in the day, right? Guys that, you know, Gardner Minshew, guys that you know that can go in and win you a game if you need to. You know you've got a talented roster otherwise, like a really talented roster otherwise. Does Sean Payton have the ability to say, this ain't going to work, let's win some games, Russ, you're out, we're going with Teddy Two Gloves here. Like, Because if that's the case, now we do have a different scenario. It'll be more difficult for them to solve quarterback without high draft capital, but if they're willing to pull the plug on Wilson, even if he's under contract and go with other guys, Denver could float around 500 while they get quarterback solved. If I am Sean Payton, I absolutely am going to hedge my bet at quarterback. Like, I'm going to make it part of my mission to say, look, we've got to have a backup plan in place. We've got to have something that we can do if 
it just does not work with Russell Wilson. I think right now the thought is, okay, if if they can if Denver can bring in a quarterback centric coach like a Sean Payton and help get Russell Wilson back on track, that's the ideal scenario because the Broncos want to see that investment work out. But if I'm Sean Payton, I'm saying we got to have a hedge here. We got to do something different. Yeah. What if I told you? What if I told you going back to that uh comparison with Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy that Sean Payton, I'm going to break this down for you. Sean Payton all time is 161 and 97. Mike McCarthy is 166 and 107. And uh, Sean Payton has nine playoff appearances. Mike McCarthy has 11. They both have one Super Bowl appearance and they both have one championship ring. Uh, so the, the, the stats will tell you that they're more alike than, than what you might think. Now, again, I do think situationally in game, Sean Payton is a much better coach, but the stats don't lie that the, the two of them are fairly similar. Yeah, they, they are similar. Right. I, I agree with that. And, and you know, it it will get, you know, Sean Payton, I think, it, what what's difficult about it is Mike McCarthy, I think most people feel like is failing, but he's winning a ton of games, right? So for Jerry Jones, it's like, look, he's winning a ton of games. I don't know that that's necessarily as you know locked in as with Sean Payton. I, I don't think it is. Uh, is Sean Payton going to be better than uh, be better than his predecessor? Yeah, I think he's going to be better than his predecessor, right? So that helps too. But they, I, you know, Tommy, I don't know. That they I think they afford. could have hired you, and you would have been better than the predecessor. Well, I'd be better than a lot of people. Let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest here. Me coaching football—that would be something. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be Ted Lasso. Um, you know, it's, it's, but they can't go get an expensive backup, right? Because of what they're already paying Russell Wilson. I don't think you can accomplish that goal by, you know, drafting a third or fourth round quarterback, although it's on the table, right? You could, I don't know what to expect here. And it's not as much, Russell Wilson's not as much of the problem as his contract is the problem. And, and I just, like, I wonder, like, how many conversations has Sean Payton had with Russell Wilson as a part of this process? How many, you know, what has what that conversation been like with this new ownership group? Because that's the elephant in the room, right? Is, okay, you got your coach, right? Great. Good hire, whatever. I don't know that it was a good hire because what they had to give up in the draft picks. But just if you're talking about the guy, right? Good hire. You got the guy a lot of people wanted. Now what do you do with Russell Wilson? If, if he doesn't get better than he was last year. And I do still think that is a possibility. Nathaniel Hackett did not put Russell Wilson in a position to succeed. That was a problem, right? He he said, here's how we're going to run our offense. You got to run it. Well, he wasn't capable, and you got to make a change there. I don't think Sean Payton's going to do that. Sean Payton will run something that fits what Russell Wilson is in this current stage of his career. So Russell Wilson... For me, if I had to bet, is he better or worse or the same as he was last year? He'll be better than he was last year. Now, I don't know what that means ultimately and how much better or what the ceiling is or anything like that, but I do think he'll be better than he was a year ago. I think that you can also draw some comparisons between the Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals who are also looking for a new head coach. And they, they both have quarterbacks that have struggled, although Kyler Murray is quite a bit younger than Russell Wilson is, but both quarterbacks have large, bloated contracts. Uh, the Cardinals, they very easily could have done the same thing that the Broncos did and talked to the Saints about unloading draft capital to bring on Sean Payton to work with Kyler Murray, where I think that, you know, the, the ceiling 
I think the potential can be higher with Kyler Murray if you can get him contained and you have a, again, a high-profile quarterback coach to come in and work with him like a Sean Payton. However, the Cardinals, and I don't know if there were really any in-depth conversations about Sean Payton going to Arizona. I have no idea about that. But ultimately, the Cardinals decided that it probably wasn't worth trading away their future in draft capital to bring on Sean Payton. Uh, And so I'm interested to see the trajectory of both of these organizations. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if we see the Cardinals ultimately having more success long-term with whoever they hire as their head coach to work with Kyler Murray than we see with the Broncos bringing on Sean Payton to work with a Russell Wilson guy that just, I have no idea how that's going to go. I have no idea if there's going to be a power struggle between the two of them and no idea what they're going to do long-term without draft picks. So it wouldn't shock me one bit to actually see Arizona have more success. It's, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know who I'd bet on there because I think Denver's roster is quite a bit better um, in the short term, at least, than Arizona's is. Uh, trivia question before we take a break here, Tom, Tommy, Tom, because I'm talking about Tom Brady. Uh, CBS Sports puts this out, so uh, exclude yourself if you've seen this, but I don't think you have. Um, give me the team. There's one that Tom Brady has a losing record against. Who do you think it is? Oh man. Um it's it's not going to be a divisional opponent um cuz uh, he absolutely owned that division. Right. Um and probably a team in the NFC that he didn't play as much I would guess. Um god, I, the Packers? No. Uh he was 4 and 3, so that was actually close. The Chiefs. Okay. The Chiefs are the only team oh. Tom Brady didn't have a All winning right. record against. Five and six. It's a really cool. I'll retweet it here so everybody can see it. But uh, there you go, Chiefs. Feather in your cap. Tom Brady didn't have a winning record against the Chiefs. Now, I'm curious, though. Uh, that's got to include the postseason, I assume. But whatever. Kind of cool thing for the Chiefs fans today as we get the Tom Brady news. More Sports Daily, 869-1240, the number to call. You can get in touch with us. We'll have a giveaway here coming up pretty soon and much more on this Hump Day edition of Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Uh, Tommy, we talked a lot about KU last night. Uh, with Brian Haney, of course, voice of the Jayhawks, naturally. Let's talk about K-State for a minute. Anything concern you coming out of that for K-State? There isn't anything for me. Um, It's what's tricky about it and what I I keep thinking, oh, man, it's a losing streak now, but it's not because of that Florida game. But it kind of feels like it because it is a Big 12 losing streak, right? The game at Iowa State and at Kansas, yes, they came on the road. But then let's consider for just a second – what then comes for K-State? And the danger of this spiraling a little bit for them here because your next two come against Texas and TCU, right? And then you get a little bit of a break to, you know, to, there's never one in the Big 12 because you got to go on the road two times after that. But you get two home games against Texas and TCU now sitting a game back of Texas uh, along with Kansas, TCU, and Iowa State. Everybody's right there, of course. This is a pretty big moment in the season. You come back home, and I think K-State is at the level now where 
you probably need to expect to win those two games. I don't have a ton of concerns about the Wildcats um, from last night's game specifically. I think really the only thing would be the turnovers, uh, at least early. They had 10 first-half turnovers. They did tighten things up in the second half, only turned the ball over three times in the second half. So that was good, but you could tell that they were trying to match Kansas in their in the pace of play, got a little bit sloppy in turning the ball over. I think the environment got to them a little bit, at least early on, before they settled in and settled down. Uh, Jerome Tang got a technical, and I think part of that was to try to get the team to settle down some. Uh, so I think that's about the only thing that uh, I would hope that doesn't carry on for the Wildcats, especially when they go and play on the road somewhere, because you're you're going to enter hostile environments all the time. Uh, th- there probably isn't one for Kansas State that is more hostile than Allen Fieldhouse. But that being said, anytime you go on the road in the Big 12, you're going to have a hostile environment. And they've historically this season, they performed well, right? Like we've talked at length about how they went on the road to Baylor and won. They went on the road to Texas and won. Uh, and so they've done that this season uh, on the road in the Big 12. I would just hope that as this moves forward and you get later into the season and they play more conference road games and some of these road games uh, will definitely determine or help determine who the Big 12 champion will be. I would like to see them be a little bit more composed starting the game out. But other than that, I don't really have a lot of concerns. They shot the ball well. Um, they rebounded the ball pretty well. And I, I thought that, you know, that their, their key guys, they were able to at least keep Kansas State in the game in the second half because it, it very easily could have been a big time blowout, sure. um, you know, probably midway through the second half. And the Wildcats kept it kept it at least like within shouting distance. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you. I don't have concern about last night. Missed a few bunnies. Right. But they counterpunched well. But I do think right now. K-State sits right now as the sixth best team in the league in the net, oddly enough, right? Uh, Texas is at nine. Kansas is at seven. TCU's at 16. Iowa State, 13. Baylor, 15. And Kansas State's at 19. So that's interesting. Uh, Ken Palm reflects the same thing. So metrically, they're behind those teams still. I don't think... There's many of us that believe, you know, like in reality, they would be the sixth best team in the league. I don't believe that at all. Uh, but that's where they sit metrically. So these two home games now where they've played really state uh, really well do loom sort of large. I think you can split them and be fine. I don't think you can lose both if you want to win a Big 12 title. And I think if you win both, your chances go way, way up. But it they, it, it, it is as critical a two-game stretch in that regard as we've seen this team play. And they have lost two conference games in a row, right? So so that sits there too. You know you're better at home. You've got two of the teams that are in the mix with you right now to win the Big 12, and you get them back-to-back at home. Uh, you get Texas on Saturday, and then you have a pretty quick turnaround for TCU on Tuesday, who TCU, I don't know exactly what their injury situation is, um, but it could be better by Tuesday, certainly. That's a that's a pretty large thing for K-State to go out and accomplish, but I think it is definitely reasonable to say K-State should, not might or not maybe, but should go win those next two games against opponents that are that good. 
they should. I, I don't know if they will. I think that you're probably realistically looking at a maybe a one and one. Um, and, and I know both games are at home, right? But they're yep. two top they fifteen have not opponents lost this year, right? You know, so I I don't know. I mean, I think that you're you're bound to probably drop one of those, but it wouldn't shock me if they they were able to win both. I I, I wonder. I think they should on. expect to win both. I, I, I think that that's where we are with this program right now. Expect to win both of those games, right? Like, I, that doesn't seem unreasonable to me. I think we know, we all know they're good enough. I think that they'll be favored in both. Fascinated to see the Texas line. But I think they'll be favored in both. And I think the expectation ought to be to win them both. I think it is okay, and this is a tip of the cap more than anything else, but I think if you're a K-State fan, it is okay to be disappointed if Kansas State doesn't win those next two games. That's how good I think they are. And again, that's a tip of the cap to Tang in the program. But I think it's totally fine to look at this team that way now. With that being said, last night, no issue. You went to Allen Fieldhouse and lost? Fine. But come back home and win these two big games and continue to smack people in the face with the reality of how good you are. I think you absolutely have to have the Texas game. Um, they're a game behind well, Texas. Well, that's going to be standings. critical in the Big Twelve, right? Yeah. yeah, they're a game behind Texas in the standings. Uh, if you lose to Texas, then you're talking about a three-game losing streak, right? And you know, so that then you get into the the territory of uh, when everybody was talking about Kansas losing three in a row and what's going to happen to them. All of a sudden, K State gets in that conversation too about a three-game conference losing streak. Um, so I think you have to have the game on Saturday to stem the tide a little bit, come back home to Bramlage. You take on a, a top 10 opponent in Texas who is a game ahead of you in the standings, and you can move to tied in the standings if you beat them. So I think you have to have that one. Um, I'm with you. I'm interested to see what that line looks like. TCU is going to be intriguing too because we'll have to we'll have to see how the health of Mike Miles is. Um, you know, he went down with that, that knee injury last weekend uh, in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Um, you know, so we'll have to see if he's going to be effective yeah, in that game, in that matchup. TCU's got so much experience, too. They're different than Texas in that way. TCU, if if health is, and they're only two and three on the road, but we, we know what they're capable of on the road with that experienced team. I mean, they didn't have if Mike Miles last night against West Virginia and barely beat the Mountaineers. On the road, right, though? They were in, were they in Morgantown? Yeah. They were, weren't they? Yeah, so no Mike Miles. They got to get healthy, but no, that, either they way. Were at home. They were at home. Oh, they were at home and barely got them. Yeah, yeah that's that's a problem. Yeah, it, TCU's interesting. We'll see about their health. I love it. I, I think this is so awesome that we that we are able to shoulder K-State with these sorts of expectations. I think it's fun. It's absolutely the best-case scenario. I did not see this coming, and it has made this college basketball season so much more fun with them being this good everybody's paying attention to him right now. And man, the spotlight is shining on the state of Kansas this time of year when it usually does. I mean, you've got the defending national champions here, right? But it feels like everybody's watching right now, uh, both of those teams, and that's really cool. All right, before we take a break here, let's give something away, Tommy. Let's send people to some hockey uh, this weekend on you. 
Yeah, the Wichita Thunder in action this weekend. The Rapid City Rush coming to town to Interest Bank Arena. Tickets are available. Selectaseat.com uh, for that game. The Thunder doing great, by the way. They're in second place in their division and uh, you know looking to have a lot of success as we get into the second half of the year. But they're back at home this weekend, Saturday night, 705 Interest Bank Arena. I've got a four-pack of tickets right now to give away. And we'll throw in a couple of free iced teas on HTO, open east and west here in Wichita. So we'll do that for our first caller here during the break. Chad will get us a winner. We'll come back. Last full segment of Sports Daily coming up. I stopped smoking with Mark Patrick's hypnosis when nothing else worked. One year later, my wife Michelle and I attended the Mark Patrick Weight Loss Hypnosis Seminar. In two months, lost 43 pounds, and she lost 18 pounds. And And we we feel feel great. Join Mark Patrick's Hypnosis Seminar. Lose the weight or stop smoking for only $49.99 guaranteed. Seminar Saturday, February 25th at the Spring Hill Suites by Marriott. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus Shopify's award-winning 24 seven help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 6 9 Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH.
Welcome back, everybody. Congratulations to Steve in Hayesville, winner of our Wichita Thunder hockey tickets and free iced tea from HTO. Congratulations to Steve. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you missed anything today, including our conversation with the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney, you can always find that at kfhradio.com. Tommy, are you a go-to-the-butcher guy, or you uh, just, like, get the prepackaged meats? Um, I'm a... I don't think I've ever been to a butcher in my life. I'm a really. I'm a grocery store. Yeah, I maybe one time. I think I've been to a butcher once. Oh, the rest you of it get is to a butcher shop. It's an experience. You've got the meats right there. The, the 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 people behind you know what they're talking about. Like they can tell you about the cuts and the grades I, and the thickness. It's why fantastic. do I feel like you're setting you're setting me up here? I I feel I have I no idea the, why you're I was setting at me the up. Butcher but. yesterday, I swung in after work and I needed a couple of steaks and and you know a couple of cuts of meat. I'm kind of kind of talking to the butcher a little bit, and I said, well, "What about that? You know, what about that meat over there?" Um, and he was like, "You talking about that stuff on the on the top shelf?" And I said, "Yeah, what about those?" He said, yeah, that's pretty good meat. I don't know if you want that. I said, well, you know, I'll bet you that you can't reach that meat over on the top shelf over there. He looked at it and he said, no way, man. The stakes are too high. Oh. Thank you, Jad. I don't appreciate that you caught on to that one. That's the first time you've been able to sniff because one when, of those out when would you ever ask me if i if i ever go to a butcher like i you don't, don't know you don't you don't care like we you don't we chop it up get it occasionally about uh, okay uh about daily life and that when you know we get into it a little bit butcher's um, great i i would not be opposed if there was anybody uh listening to this show that would like to start a petition um i would be i would gladly sign it uh, so if anybody would like to do that, uh, a petition to stop the dad jokes, uh, I would, I'll be the first one to sign. I'll check change.org, see what's going on. Okay. Thank Good you. luck. Good luck. The people give the people what they want. Um, yeah. Nobody that wants goes. that. Nobody wants it. That's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, Tom Brady is, you know, he's going to have to, he's going to have to reach into his bag of dad jokes and, and embrace that part of a broadcasting career. I, I feel guess. like he's a dad joke guy though. I think he could I do definitely, too. yeah, definitely yeah. slam the dad. He's jokes. going to nail him. So we got an email here from a great listener, Bryce, who says he doesn't think Brady's going to be good at it. He thinks it'll be a massive disaster. Uh, he says, quote, he has the personality and sense of humor of a 13 year old boy. Peyton Manning would be a much better choice. I'm going to disagree, Bryce, because I think the majority of us have the sense of humor of a 13-year-old boy, right? Like farts are funny. You know, poop jokes are funny. I giggle with my kids when they talk about that stuff. Like I think there's more of us that have that same – in fact, I think for a lot of us our sense of humor stopped growing at about 13 years old, and we've been sort of stuck there for a while. So I, I think Brady's going to be a great broadcaster. It makes me wonder, and we, you talked about it, I think, earlier today when we were talking about broadcasters and that sort of thing and how people can turn on you like on social media very quickly. That's kind of happening with Tony Romo right now. It is, Tony Romo, and it's ridiculous. To, Tony he's, Romo is kind of goofy. Like he's kind of got that goofy He's the exact same person he was three years ago. Right. He's the exact and same so person. If Tom Brady is anything like that, if he decides to unleash the goofy side – 
uh, then I think that people will appreciate it for a while. And then sort of like your butcher dad joke, they'll start to turn on you a little bit. Yeah, but you can't pay attention to that stuff because it's not real life. Social media is not real life. And like it's so funny to me that we put so much value into what people are saying on social media. Because I think the people that are the loudest and on social media the most are, are just the person that talks the loudest in a room to get attention. And everyone else is like, all right, man, like nobody really cares. Like let's all – you know, I don't think there's really a majority of people – sitting watching a Tony Bro a, a Tony Romo broadcast that think he's not doing a good job. I, I just don't think that that's true at all. But that's become the cute thing to do on social media, right? And and sometimes the loudest voice isn't the majority voice. It's just the loudest voice, and, and social media amplifies that. So, yeah, that's what I mean about Greg Olson. Everybody loves Greg Olson right now. Well, guess what? A couple years ago, everybody loved Tony Romo, and now the cool thing is to say, oh, he's not very good anymore. Really? Because he's been doing this for like four years, and he's literally the exact same broadcaster he was then. But now people don't like him because he's not the cute, uh, hot commodity. Greg Olson is. Oh, Greg Olson's going to lose this job. That's such a shame. Like, come on now. Act like Fox isn't making the right call to put Tom Brady right in that spot. Just like CBS made the right call to put Tony Romo in that spot. Just like Amazon made the right call to put Al Michaels in that spot, even though now that's a thing, too, on social media to say, oh, Al Michaels is mailing it in. No, he sounds uninterested in his games because his games were awful this year. He was just an uninterested in bad games on Sunday Night Football, too. He just didn't have very many of them. It, it's I think that the I think with Tony Romo, the only thing I'll disagree with you on, and I like Tony Romo a lot, and I think he was a breath of fresh air when he he took over for Phil Sims. I thought Phil Sims was dry and boring, and I thought Tony Romo brought some really good excitement and energy. The only thing I'll say about Tony Romo is that I think the shtick has worn off a little What's bit. What's the shtick, though? What is the shtick? You know, the whole Romo Dostra, you know, no, the Nostradamus thing where he could predict the plays. But you all know, he's and, doing and, is reading plays at the line of scrimmage. But I don't think that he's as accurate as he was when he started, partially because he's further away from the game now. It's been a while since he's been Here's, in a locker room. I think the shtick is a little bit played out. It doesn't mean I think he's a bad broadcaster. I, I just don't think, think it's these a, guys, when you do it for so long, you have to kind of reinvent yourself. And you have I don't to be think able it's to a evolve. Shtick. I don't think it's a shtick. I think he had a perfect call, right, in that, what was it, the AFC Championship? Was it the Patriots game, the overtime? Yeah. Like, he Patriots literally had the yeah. perfect call there, and that all of a sudden becomes this benchmark. I don't think watching him over the past few years, he ever always got it right. But he's he's trying to read a play. And I think what's changed is people love that so much that now more people are doing it. It's what Greg Olson does, right? It's what, you know, it's Troy Aikman's always done it. He just wasn't aggressive, as, as aggressive with it. But even he's gotten more aggressive with trying to do that because everybody loved it. Romo's not any better or worse at that. He was just the first one to do it. Now everybody kind of does it, so it feels like old and tired. I think he's just as, I think he's just as good with it. I I think Tony Bro I think Tony Romo is literally the same broadcaster he was when he started. It's going to be interesting to see if, you know, when Tom Brady ends up in the booth, if he takes the direction of a Tony Romo or a Troy Aikman or if he goes the direction of Drew Brees and Drew Brees was bad. Like he was not good in that job. 
at all and didn't last. I, think, I mean, he lasted one season and then he was he was out. So it makes I'll me wonder which direction I'll bet you that he's more like Chris Collinsworth. I'll bet he's more like Chris Collinsworth than he is like Tony Romo. I think he's just a football mind that can go back through something on a replay and show you something you definitely did not see in the play. That's what I love about Chris Collinsworth is when they go to a replay, he's found something that was critical that there's no chance we saw happen live when it happened. He's always been the best at that. He's different. I think I like all those guys, by the way. I think they're all really good. Uh, real quick, Jad just sent us this. And it I, I hate these things because they're so borderline offensive and wrong most of the time. He sent a most popular Super Bowl food in every state. Who's this according to? DigitalThirdCoast.net. Who? Jad sends us this. Uh, according to this, the most popular Super Bowl food in the state of Kansas is tater tots. What? Number one. Tater tots aren't the most popular anything anywhere. They're fine, but nobody's going to a Super Bowl party saying, all right, who's, who brought the tater tots? <laughs> hey, it, it could be worse. We could be Nevada, and uh, their most popular Super Bowl food, it looks to be hummus. You ever go I to do a Super actually Bowl love party? Hummus. I mean, I like, I, love I, hummus. I like hummus too, but I'm never going to a Super Bowl party and saying, everybody going to break out the hummus, let's go. Chips and salsa for Texas, which I'd probably agree with. Uh, wings are on there a lot. Some boneless, some bone-in. Okay, fine. Um, but I can tell you— I can take that. I can I can get on board with that. Yeah, but nobody—what what state is that? Georgia? Like, nobody's going like, oh, Georgia's known for its pigs in a blanket. <laughs> nobody goes to a Super Bowl <laughs> saying, who brought the tater tots? Nobody ever has said that. Nobody ever will say that, and Jad, we can take that, and I know why you sent it to us, because you knew it would get a rise, but we can take that and throw it right in the some trash of the, can. Some of these states, like because they're not, we're looking at a picture, and they're, they're not listing it by state, so I'm trying to decipher what these things are by the it's picture. It's like a geography lesson. Like, yeah, yeah. Colorado, are those enchiladas? I have no idea what I'm looking at here in some of these states. Yeah, uh, it looks like a, like, a, like a soft bread thing or something. I don't know. Meatballs in Wyoming and Montana. Okay, I can get on board with that. You got seven-layer dip in some of these states. Um, nobody mozzarella has, sticks, I think, in Nobody Nebraska. has barbecue, really? Nobody's got barbecue on the list? Like, come on Fried now. pickles in Arkansas. I mean, that's a nice side, but I'm not sure that that's a Super Bowl food. Um, it's it. Well, they're whatever. all Super Bowl foods, but they're not like the thing about a Super Bowl party. That was uh, garlic Take- knots in Colorado. Ga- garlic okay. knots. Yeah, that's <laughs> everybody knows Colorado's known for its garlic knots. <laughs> like, where do they come up with this stuff? This is come garbage. On. We polled a random group of 13 people, uh, and the leading vote getter was two and their husband and wife that say tater tots are the number one Super Bowl food in the state of Kansas. Get out of here. They hook, line, and sinker. They got us, though. They got us talking about it. All right, we'll come back. We'll tell you what's on tap the rest of the day here on Sports Daily when we return. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.